welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Behind the Sofa. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. How you doing, Kirsty? I'm good. I'm good. I think we've had had a pretty good pretty good weekend so far, don't you? Yeah. So Kirsty for my birthday, because she's lovely. Uh, no. got us yeah, uh, got us <laughs> tickets to um the Stanley Kubrick exhibit up in uh what is it, the Design Museum? Design Museum in London, yeah. Yeah. Uh and so we got to go and see Jack Torrance's typewriter, uh, the axe that he uses to smash through the door. We got to see the little, the twins' dresses, which was my favourite, I've got to say. Yeah, and Grady uh, Twins' dresses was pretty amazing. And Danny Torrance's Apollo 11 jumper, which is kind of pretty good timing because it's like 50th anniversary of, is it 50th of anniversary? Stanley Kubrick faking the moon landing, you mean? <gasps> <gasps> That's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> uh I wish they sold that ju- that jumper in an adult size. Yeah. In a big old bear size. I'd be all over it. I reckon you could probably you could probably find someone who would make that for you. Could rock it. Yeah. 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 Whether I could find someone to make it for me. You could totally But whether whether I should wear it or not. I you think could totally rock it. Give it. <laughs> oh my god, Kirsty just shot me a look. Like, <laughs> I'm about to say a funny play along with it was such a good funny it was a good funny it was a good funny um yeah so the exhibit's on until september um this is september 2019 for anyone listening later than that but um i would suggest booking before the 12th of august even if you go afterwards but book your tickets because the price is going up for the last few weeks and it is definitely worth looking at if you're a fan of kubrick if you're a fan of the shining um Oh, they had, they had so much other cool stuff there. They had the car from the Clockwork Orange. Yeah. They had um, the uh, Private Joker's helmet from Full Metal Jacket. Born to Kill one. Everything. Yeah. Everything. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, but what are we talking about today? We are talking about Larry Cohen's 1976 weird movie, God Told Me To, uh, which is number 97 on our list of the top 100 movies, horror movies in history. Yeah. You want to give us a quick rundown, the plot? Okay. Um, so it's basically a, a police procedural, but don't let that put you off, or maybe it will, um, which is uh, based around a detective in New York or a lieutenant in New York who is uh, investigating a bunch of strange murders in which the suspects have all said that God told them to do it. And that's basically... Now, the shortest premise ever. Now that, that starts off at one point. Yeah. By the end of the film, <laughs> you will basically have forgotten about yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, spoilers um, as always. We're always going to spoil. So absolutely. Um, you can actually go and watch it if you haven't seen it already. If you go to tinyurl.com/slash/watch/god-told-me-to, and we've actually got it up on our website for you to watch because uh, some friendly person put it up on YouTube, so we decided to share the YouTube video. So Cheers, YouTube. Thanks, YouTube. Um, the first thing that I wanted to say is we watched this last night um, and we, we usually try and watch it the night before we record so that it's fresh in our minds. And Ollie and I, I don't know if you guys do the same thing, but if we go to the cinema and go and watch something, we're, we're very considerate cinema goers. We literally walk out of the theatre in complete silence until we get to our car and when we get in the car and shut the door 
that is when we start talking about the film so we're not going to do like any we're not going to have we, we give plenty of spoilers here but um coming out of the cinema we're not going to spoil it for anyone who might be going in um because we've had people do that to us before yeah so basically we've ended up doing the same thing with this i mean we watched it fairly late last night anyway and it was a lot to process so i think we just sort of went do you know what we're not going to talk about it at all until we get onto the podcast so i have no clue what ollie thought of this film and he has no clue what i thought of this film so here we go um it was a real doozy (laughs) (laughs) um i don't even know where the fuck to start with this movie it traverses a wide range of batshit crazy topics so there's uh some like religious culty zealotry going on there's alien abduction there's weird exploitation um, yeah there's some black exploitation there police. there's some weird like psychonetic mind battles going on yeah. as well it's got everything um but yet it's still i it's not the best i'm sorry i know that a lot of people see this as a cult classic it was one that like really shocked a lot of people when it came out in the 70s and then it was the same the same year as martin um that we reviewed last time so go and check that out if you haven't already but i don't know whether that just means that you know the the poster like i reached a point in this film where i thought that we were watching a cut version of it because i was like the the poster is done in a style that's like a almost like a 50s or 60s horror you know shocking lots of exclamation points and has like a warning on it that says you know this film contains extreme violence and horror and i was like okay so where is it where's the most shocking thing about this movie for me was uh that the uh the main detective played by what's the guy's name um tony lobianco so tony lobianco it says in the thing he's 34 i'm 34 <laughs> <laughs> i am a man child who wears simpsons t-shirts and shorts basically everywhere i go that man was easily in his 50s yeah and then the uh the guy spoilers the guy at the beginning who starts picking people off of the top he's sitting at the top of a water tower with a sniper rifle picking people off in the street he said he is 22 and i literally wrote down this guy is not 22 he had a he had a mustache like nigel mansell <laughs> there is no fucking way that guy is 22 um let's talk about that opening scene okay so i think i thought we did some things quite well i thought it kind of let's imagine the terrible situation we're in there's a sniper on the rooftops of a major city i thought it captured quite well the way that um People would be running around. Some people don't know what the fuck's going on. Some people are running to victims. Some people are running away from victims. I thought that was great. What's not so great (laughs) is when you hear gunshots. uh, Well, sorry. Someone is flying through the air, blood exploding out of their face. And then you hear the gunshot. I was like, now I'm pretty sure that guy's not so far away that... The normal speed of sound uh, would not apply. But well, they said it was a telescopic lens that he had on it. But that made me think the amount of people that were like running to the victim and then immediately being able to point exactly the trajectory of the bullet where it came from. They were all pointing up in the air like <laughs> it came from over there. I'm like, how do you know that? How, how the hell did you? Are you some of the um, ballistics experts. <laughs> the t- Tony Levianco, the main detective, the main actor in it. 
he was great. I thought his his portrayal was really good, believable as you can be in a in a crazy God told me to alien death cult. <laughs> um, the people around him, for the most part, are awful, and especially what I am the police. I, the police <laughs> and um, but those extras getting shot at the start. They were amazing. Some of them were like dancing the charleston before yeah. they fell over it's like if like... anyone's seen uh there was one bit i think you can probably find the video because other people find it as hilarious as i do there's one bit in commando like arnold schwarzenegger oh, commando, yeah. where there's a whole bunch of people on like a whole bunch of soldiers or you know <laughs> like, like whatever on a roof and someone gets shot with a machine gun and he does this amazing dance and then falls over and dies and it's yeah. basically like that like people just sort of like flinging themselves through the air it was pretty incredible, but yeah. Um, but yeah, you okay. shouldn't be giggling at things like the, that. And but... also, the thing that really got me about that scene is like, so he goes up, he confronts the guy who's the sniper in a very kind of relaxed scene, I would say, considering like, a guy's killed fifteen people. I'm I'm Peter. I'm a Virgo, but you know, not a traditional Virgo, you know. And he's like really giving him a whole lot of details. I know it's like you're supposed to, to sort of humanize, like, yeah. yeah, humanize him, so he's not just a. But um, all I could think at the end of that scene, so the guy does what can only be described as a swanton bomb off the top. He of, does. It's like proper, like the Hardy it's a Boys. Proper Jeff Hardy dude, move. Dude, 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 dude. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, tens, tens, tens across the board. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was Olympic esque. It was. It was a beautiful swan dive. But um, <laughs> yeah, so he he takes himself off the roof. So it's a bit like okay. And the last thing he says to the detective before he kills himself is. God told me to. God told me to kill all these people. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives us the the premise for but the it film. But it wasn't just God told me to. It was God told me to. And then this massive, like, oh, yeah. of sound, like, horror, like it was the most horrific thing that someone has ever said. I mean, you're supposed to be believing, obviously, that, like, this guy, they've not gone into it massively, I don't think, at that point. But, like, the fact that he is, like super religious or like struggling with his religion and well i think stuff. i feel like, like they reveal the, that Peter as Nicholas. It, i believe that 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 is kind of established as it goes so he the detective has a girlfriend mm-hmm. and then later on we just discover that he also has a wife and he's not really like living with the wife anymore mm. but he won't divorce her because he of this like religious guilt he has because he's catholic because he's so. catholic um, so it's like a weird open relationship doesn't really get explained I think I wrote down at one point before it was made clear that this woman was his wife I was just like writing down when he went to go and visit her and she was like sitting there looking all sad and stuff and I was just like who is this woman I didn't I well, didn't quite that, I didn't feel I think, like it was explained enough I think that leads on to one of my main criticisms of the film I can enjoy a good cheesy extra death as much as the next guy but in terms of like the technical aspects of this film, the editing is terrible. Mm, <laughs> I felt like jumped. I was like I said, it felt like it had just been cut like ridiculously, and I was like, "Are we watching the right one?" Like... Well, it, well, it feels like um, almost like the projectionist in the cinema has like got the has got the 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 can switched around, and you're like, "Wait, is there a missing one? Why yeah. is this?" A... <laughs> but but where you want kind of a bit of build and a bit of more a bit more explanation and a little bit more kind of clarification there is none there is none to be had um so definitely something that i feel like could have been could have been improved upon we haven't mentioned really i don't think this is larry cohen so he um like a real famous uh filmmaker 
did It's Alive and the stuff and a load of bunch a bunch of like classic cult movies. Um, this I think is his most well regarded film. I don't think I've seen any of his films other no. than this. You've not seen the stuff. No. Okay. It's got a fucking great cover. Yeah. But, but I've not I seen mean, it. I mean, maybe they're ones that we need to check out and we'll be like, oh, okay, so this is just his thing. Like, how he does stuff, I don't know. But, yeah. Um, I mean, one of, one of the other things that I picked up on, I don't know whether you'll see it as well. I mean, this came out like, so Exorcist was 1973, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. And this was 1976. I literally wrote down that, like, um, Tony LeBianco, like, the guy who, who plays Peter, who is like the main character in this and he gave me the like brooding internal struggle dark head very serious religious father Karras type like he he made me think of like damien Karras in, yeah, yeah, in the exorcist so i don't know whether he took some like guidance from that or not but that was like one of the first things that i thought like when it started becoming you know that he's having this real struggle with his religion and his life and what to do and all of that kind of stuff so yeah um i mean this i'm just trying to think what happened next like we've got all of that so the next thing that happens after after that is they get a phone call at the police station um from a mysterious figure who basically says there's going to be another shooting mm. um <laughs> <laughs> just remembered that <laughs> there's gonna be another shooting okay so but it's, they get but they it's... get they get him on the they get uh uh peter on the phone and they're like this is your speciality because he's the one who's been investigating all of these uh these god told me to murders mm. and um he says uh he says to another cop after he's got off the phone with this guy who's warned that there's gonna be a shooting at the st patrick's day parade he says, um, "I got to get you need, down to the. I got to get you down to the parade. Oh, but I'm not supposed to be at the parade. There's going to be a shooting. And then this other cop that he just said there's going to be a shooting, ru- like Naruto runs. He like <laughs> sprints in the direction. Like but he's he doesn't gonna, even like miss he's... a beat. It's like he was waiting for those words to come out and then just literally leapt out like of his seat, grabbed Bolt. his coat, and ran. It was he's like no... the, uh, he's like the Irish cop version of Usain Bolt. There was just no like... other reaction. It was like he was waiting for him to go ready go and yeah. then." just ran and it was like it just yeah it made us laugh and it kind of brought us out of it a little oh 100 percent. i could not stop kirstie and i normally during these things are pretty good we try not to talk to each other too much which i know sounds really lame but we try not to talk to each other too much but we could not stop laughing we just both giggled at that bit and there were other bits where like we ended up just like shooting each other looks like is this really happening like it's yeah it was it was bizarre i mean the um so so they they go down to the St Patrick's Day parade so Larry Cohen basically had like coincided his filming with at the actual yeah, St Patrick's Day parade he had got a filming license so that he could you know film stock footage or whatever or so they thought and then he just ended up sending his extras in there one of whom is Andy Kaufman I said to Kirsty I was like oh my god that guy looks so much like Andy Kaufman and then lo and behold I ended up being the first film that he was um that he was uh, cast in, so so they... he's, the, he's the gunman. He's the yeah. one who shoots the people at the St yep. Patrick's Day parade. Um, so he is the next guy that like says God told me to, but uh, and he's a cop in this. And apparently, the bit that I thought was really funny, and it is very Andy Kaufman. If you've not seen any Andy Kaufman, you should probably go and check him out on YouTube. I mean, I, would you recommend the the like the Jim Carrey Andy Kaufman movie? 
Man on the Moon. It's okay. It's, it's not be, my favourite. It's but... meant to be pretty good. So, um, yeah, he was a very uh, unpredictable man, very funny man. Um, and uh, apparently during the filming, there was a whole load of ruckus because obviously you've got all the crowds that are held back by the barriers and then all the people parading down the street. And at one point, Larry Cohen turns around and Annie Kaufman is basically like goading the crowd and they're trying to climb over the barriers to come and beat him up. And they had to like pull Annie Kaufman away from the crowd because he was just winding them up so much, which I found pretty yeah, hilarious. That sounds like a classic Annie Kaufman. Yeah. Um, so one thing I would say in... I know last week we were talking, we reviewed uh, Martin and I was saying how much I love like, that you could smell the 70s you know what I mean? It had that real kind of griminess to it. Even though this film was set in New York, I didn't feel that same level of grime, mm. but there were some classic 70s faces in there. You know what I mean? Like some real... There were the sort of faces that you would never see on, on film these days. You know, everyone's <laughs> too puckered and Botox and everything. There were some real, some weather-worn yeah. faces on there that I really dug. So there... Uh, um... The, the thing that got me in the Sapacha Day Parade that I wrote that was so, so funny was um, when Peter is running down the street to try and, like, find out what's happening and to stop the shooting or, you know, like, um, find all the rest of the, the police, his footsteps are so overly foleyed and everybody else's are as well. It literally sounds like everyone's wearing tap shoes. <laughs> Like, like I'm going to try and find the clip because it is hilarious. I'll try and find like where the like where you should sort of tune into it. But basically, it's just literally like <laughs> when he's running like down a horse, the street. Like with coconuts. And I was like, this is not good because it's meant to be like a real dramatic moment. Like he's trying to find like you know trying to stop people from dying and and uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> down the street and it's yeah, it it made me chuckle quite a bit. The next note I've got written down is aliens exclamation point oh now you have my attention yeah. so so from so basically um what happens is they start to interview the family of some of the people that have been involved in these shootings and all of them are and saying stabbings. yeah and shootings stabbings. and stabbings and basically a lot of them are saying oh yeah um oh before the uh before they killed everyone i saw them talking to someone and I couldn't really put my my finger on what they looked like. All I know is they had like blonde shoulder length hair. I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman. They're kind of like gender neutral. They gave off this weird vibe. And then all of a sudden, um, I don't even know remember how it happens. Like it cuts to a scene <clears throat> like in a boardroom. Like imagine like the Bilderberg group, <laughs> like these like crusty white dudes sitting around a big a big round table. And all of a sudden, it becomes apparent that there's that this person that, that has been talking to all these uh, the killers, he's controlling their minds, and he's some kind of alien, like a Christ yep. alien. So they were all. It, it it was it's basically the heads of different religions. So they had. You know, Is that they what were they talking, were? Yeah, I mean, like they had one of them where they were like, oh, blah blah blah, talking about like. Um, the slaves in Egypt and then like one of them makes like a slightly barbed comment at the guy who's obviously Jewish so they've got like guys who are like oh, up, didn't, up in didn't their religion that. I thought it was just but like it was just basically like old Pepsi and... yeah it was like old white dudes in like a corporate board meeting and they were meant to be like cult followers and I was like I, I want more from a cult meeting like I want 
Yeah, you they've, know, they've not candles. Got, they've and... not got the show of uh, Heaven's Gate yeah. or uh, Jim Jones or someone like yeah, that. Yeah, it just made me sad. So, um, but, but but that's the thing though. This movie has so many great ideas, but none of them are just <laughs> just none of them are, are pulled off or given enough weight or given enough time to kind of expand upon. Like so, from there, the cop goes and speaks to this guy who's who's a reporter. And they start talking about uh, ancient astronauts and what if God was actually like a UFO who came down and he's just like a... And he was able to kind of manipulate people into doing... You know I mean? Into doing his will. And all I thought was, oh, that's a cool idea. I'd love to see a horror movie that really explored that, that kind of idea... But it just doesn't. It just yeah. doesn't really go into it in the depth that I would have wanted it to. That's yeah. such, you know what I mean? Like I said, such a cool idea, but just left kind of untouched. But I mean, Larry Cohen basically got some of his ideas from Chariots of the Gods, which is a book by Eric von Daniken, which basically explores like what if gods were the gods that we worship here or that we have worshipped um, like throughout, you know, the history of mankind whether they were like astronauts and visitors from another planet and it kind of expands a little bit on that when we meet a little bit more this um you know this this figure that they haven't seen the other thing that i noticed on there that made me chuckle a little bit as well is that all of them all the people that were discussing it they were just like you know they they interviewed the doorman they interviewed the mother of the um of the sniper and all of that and they were all like oh yeah we remember this guy and he had like long blonde hair like you said and um we we can't really can't really remember what he looked like exactly but you know and then the doorman is like we don't let people like that in here and the mother is like oh well he did he never used to really you know i've never known him to hang out with people like that before and it was like this weird sort of anti-hippie sentiment that um it was still around when this was made but not as much i mean this was like post vietnam just um and post manson and um lennon was still john lennon was still around and it was like it was a few years after the sort of bed in for for peace and all of that but it was this very you know like yeah, we don't, we don't really like that kind of person. I didn't know whether that was like also a nod to like people who are like weirdly religious, whether they were just like we don't, we don't really like weird religious people, or not, or whether it was just they decided to stick that in because it was something that was going on in the city at the time. I don't know. I wonder if it's but, like a Jesus comment. Yeah, like, maybe. We a don't lot really of people like those would people. have thought that Jesus was a bit of a, a bit of a hippie back then. But then, um, but then, yeah, the mother of the sniper was just like his name was his name was Phillips. Bernard Phillips and I was just like I'm not saying Bernard it was literally just made me think like if the if you know like the second coming or you know uh, a you know a god type person is coming down to this planet and his name is Bernard Saint Bernard like the dog yeah I'm gonna need to look up Saint Bernard now and find out the patron saint of like weird androgynous yeah yeah um (laughs) but so basically the the reporter puts this story out there that's linking all of these god told me to murders together and very quickly the whole city erupts into some kind of riot and that like i said it's once again another indication that this film doesn't know uh when it needs to kind of give us a little bit more there's no connecting tissue between 
the paper releases this article and then all of a sudden there's like citywide insurrection it just seems like there's no kind of like build up there's no like simmering tensions it's just like from one extreme to the other everything just you know just goes so quickly mm. when i could have used a little bit more a little bit more showing yeah i mean also i think like when he's speaking to the reporter at first the reporter's like i am not posting this article like do you do you realize what would happen like everyone would go crazy because i'm a science reporter i start bringing religion into it and it will just become ridiculous and then i think he says like a couple more sentences to him and then all of a sudden he's like all right and then he's got this article (laughs) and like five seconds later he's fine and and it's already been posted and everything and he's like yeah it's like you are the best policeman ever you're like super persuasive but um i mean yeah then um there's there's the other parts that were sort of coming up before the you know the the corporate cult religious men thing literally the only creepy scene unnerving scene in this movie and i don't know whether you'll agree there's one point where this guy that they are that they've managed to sort of to um to arrest and catch he calmly explains in detail how he shot his wife and his two children but just chats about it like he's talking about the weather and that was like like i said that was the only bit that just made me think oh that's you know that's really creepy but that's it that's all of it like when it comes to creepiness and like you know things that made me go oh like that's that was um that was basically it um then it jumps to yeah the um so he starts investigating bernard bernard phillips finds out that he's like he was uh adopted somehow i'm not sure how he managed to find out but then he found like um the uh the woman who uh adopted him goes to her house and um yeah it's like this super dramatic scene on the stairs where she comes like oh running God. at him i don't know if that and was, was like, i don't know if that was the version that we were watching I could not tell what the fuck was going on. No. All I heard was just screaming and sounds, and not, that was it. And then there was a woman at the bottom of the stairs dead. Yeah. And it was um, like, that was it. So basically, from then on, they go and they find Bernard mm. Phillips, and mm-hmm. he's hanging out in, uh, I guess, kind of like a like a representation of hell. He's like in some real <laughs> scummy basement in They're a like, tenement in New we're York. We're taking you down to the furnace room. And yeah, then and there's, they like, go there's to... fire. There's a load of fire in there. One of the cool things they do, I like the way they show Bernard when they... So basically, he has this real crazy aura around him. You can't really like pinpoint any of his facial features whatsoever. They put this real bright yellow light on him and he's all kind of like vaselined around the edges so you can't really see what he looks like and i kind of thought that was that was cool also i think it was the first behind the sofa uh experience or uh instance where we've had a theremin yes i did write yay theremin theremin. at one point (laughs) the theremin makes a makes a long overdue appearance which you wouldn't normally have because like the movie starts with um like uh like a male voice choir singing sort of religious stuff and and all of that at the very beginning of the film and then it sort of goes into like real creepy organ and synth sounds and that so now you have this religious or this glowing sort of god type figure with creepy alien b-movie music i guess at that point they kind of transitioned into this is a sci-fi movie yeah this is now a sci-fi movie yeah 
Um, that showdown in the basement they have though was super anticlimactic. Yeah, I mean it was meant to signify that Peter is different in some way, and that this god type figure can't control him in the same way that he has been controlling everybody else when he's been like um, encouraging them to kill people. So we know now that there's something wrong with Peter, but it's not clearly. Defined, well, at, at that point, it? at that point, he then goes and sees another woman uh, in an old folks' home, and this is an old folks' home that is destined to show up on an episode of Watchdog in some kind of hidden camera the sting. Is the worst. Oh my god, I've never seen such negligence mm. from uh, from from healthcare professionals. It was awful. Yeah, that, and then he basically, at this point, it's pretty telegraphed, and I long figured out that oh. Um, uh, Peter is also one of these alien creatures, so he was. Uh, they should basically show this woman, and she's picked up um, on the side of the road, and she was in one part of the country at one point, and then ten minutes later, she's somewhere completely different and pointlessly uh, and naked, naked. Pointlessly, totally naked. Point, pointlessly naked, um, just running around. And uh, yeah, so it's basically like, oh, Peter, you're one of these alien creatures as well, but you're. But you've been trying to hide it, yeah. hide it from yourself, and that's why your powers aren't as pronounced as uh, as Bernard. But yeah. One thing I will say though is um, it's a, a an appearance from the lady from Beetlejuice, Sylvia Sidney. Yeah, Sylvia Sidney, who plays Juno, the caseworker in Beetlejuice, oh, and yeah. she looks almost exactly the same as she does in Beetlejuice, despite there being like what, well, ten plus years between the two films. Yeah. Um, but, but she has that fucking amazing voice. She does, and she's she's possibly like the best actor in this, so it's great. And bit. that, and they okay. So at this point, they then show like, here's how uh, you have a virgin birth when <coughs> you basically cross a woman with an alien entity, and I really liked that. It was, it was kind of no. Kirsty made a face at me like it's you shouldn't just, like it. I when I looked it up, it was basically they used stock footage from the from the um, interior of a ship on Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, which was a Jerry Anderson like Thunderbirds. Oh, now I'm disappointed. Film. I thought they that's the thing. I thought they'd made it. I thought no. it was like they made that. They mocked that no. up themselves. And then they just had like naked women writhing around in an orb of light. So you've basically got these two like not when you see that it's just one woman but this is the experience that these two different women had so you got mrs phillips who fell down the stairs and then um uh yeah juno from yeah like when she was like younger and they're just naked and it's they say that it just felt like something passed through them and so it was like two virgin births basically like um so that whole connection of virgin birth with Jesus and all of those sorts of things. So he's now realised that he is the same as this like god alien creature, but different. So it's that his humanity comes through stronger than the other who is more on the alien side. So he's able to control people more. But he then sort of realises his powers and tests it out by meeting up with this pimp who'd shown up slightly earlier with like a corrupt yeah, in a cop. real in a real kind of like uh, padding like, out the like runtime so scene disjointed like and then yeah so he basically goes to this place and he kind of forces them to kill each other rather than him so they try and get why doesn't he make them why him. doesn't he make them like turn themselves in I don't know. like it's not like his personality's changed just because he he figures out that he 
has some alien element to him. No, it's just like rather than getting like people to just kill randos on the street, he's like, I am going to direct my killings towards bad people who do bad things. So he's like a weird vigilante, like making people cut their own. Like alien Charles Bronson. People are still dead, dude. It's it's fine. I didn't like it. And then I did not care for it. No. And then so now he's like, right. So I've tested my powers. I know exactly what I'm doing now. So he goes off for like a final showdown with his sibling. So you know, like non-gender specific. sibling although they've been referring to him as a him throughout um it suddenly becomes very clear when they're having a chat about it and he just suddenly goes bernard suddenly goes i can have your children you know and we can create a whole new race of people that are like us and then raises up his shirt and he has a vagina on his ribs now (laughs) <laughs> let's flash back to the alien abduction scene earlier yeah was that a vagina okay so when yes. she's okay it yes. was yeah it's okay. kind of close up so you don't see it massively it's an abstract clear. vagina I didn't want to yes. be that guy who's like Kirsty is is that a vagina is that a vagina <laughs> this is the, the most we've said the word vagina at all ever on yeah. this podcast so <laughs> you're welcome um I think they also pointed out that like he lifts up his shirt and I don't know whether it was meant to be a point that like the vagina type orifice is kind of where like the jesus stab wound oh yeah it was 100 supposed to be, to be. So it's like this real blasphemous kind of thing um and he basically then just goes like no i'm not doing that that's that's absolutely ridiculous you know and uh and then hits uh bernard and realizes and says it out loud just in case it wasn't clear for for the people watching at home you've never felt pain and we're like oh okay so he has got a human side um and then uh yeah decides to bring the building down the bringing the building down scene is one of my favorite just because (laughs) (laughs) in some so they do the classic like they've not got loads of budget okay that's obvious so they go for the old standard if we shake the camera, it'll look like the building's falling down. And, and like, and then, throw bits of board and yeah, stuff Yeah, and then the, and if the actor kind of, like, stumbles around, then it will look realistic. And, and we'll I've seen it done. And behind it. Yeah, and... and I've seen it done before, and it does look realistic. The thing is, they have to be consistent in the way they do it, because there are certain shots where especially ones where Pete is going down the stairs where they, I feel like they forget to shake the camera so it just looks like he's like doing the fucking jitterbug Whoa. down the stairs and everything else seems like it's perfectly normal it's kind um, of like in like Star Trek like old Star Trek oh where yeah they would kind of For just sure. all wobble at the same time but um yeah so essentially he brings the building down um gets arrested for the death and they're like the death of this 24 year old person or whatever you know like why why did you do it and then he go and then he just says to the waiting reporters as he's being brought in god told me to but it kind of loses his impact because he says it twice and i'm like you didn't need that like yeah. it could have just been pow and been quite powerful but for some reason he says it twice and it was just like okay great and then that <laughs> That's now, the end. I feel like we've 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 shit on this movie a lot. Yeah. What did you like about it? Um, I think it was an interesting premise. I just think it was kind of looked at from a completely wrong way. Um, I kind of I ended up reading because normally I'll give a bunch of facts and things, and I've given a few through here, but I don't really have a fact list at the end because, like I said, it was 
a lot of people didn't like it when it first came out it's kind of become a cult classic over the years but there's not really a lot of like interesting like factoids to do with it apart from just a couple of bits that i've added already um i think a lot of people have 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 kind of um uh thought that it's it's meant to be like a like a social commentary on what people will do in the name of god and uh how people think that like religion is weird and all those sorts of things like i said it's a really interesting idea and i think if you kind of pulled it apart and put it back together a little bit better it would be doable we've just got peanut peanut peanut, peanut the chihuahua has decided to wade in hey 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 um I think it's bonkersness was way ahead of its time. Yeah, there are there is stuff in there that I still don't feel like, you know, in my film watching experience. There's stuff in there that I still don't think I've seen a, a film kind of tackle. Like I've never seen a, a film really do the kind of uh, chariot of the gods, ancient astronauts kind of style, uh, like version of a horror movie. I've never seen that done before. Um, there's some really great scenes in there we didn't mention. There's like a whole subplot about um, the wife and the and the mistress, and they meet up. And there's some really nice kind of uh, scenes in there about Catholic Gill and oh, he didn't he wanted all the children to be stillborn because uh, he didn't. Uh, why why was that? Well, that was one of the bits that they said about. They were like, you know, she they they touch on the fact that like she'd had his wife had had three miscarriages throughout their um throughout their relationship and they kind of point it out like it's um that he willed them to die and he sort of shouts and screams about that like i never did that but yeah we're we're wondering whether it's meant to be that he had a um uh, some inkling of like yeah, what's, what's like going on like a subconscious on. you know I cannot procreate because I cannot let this happen I can't you know I can't have children because what you know like what if they're like this horrific creature I don't know but um yeah uh I don't know whether it was yeah that like to some people like intense religious belief like when you get like people who are like really intensely into into their religion and their god whether to some people that seems as weird and as out there as people who are like i was abducted by an alien do you know what i mean like yeah like there's like a I, different like i said i like just of... i love i love some of the ideas in it um i like some of the acting in it i didn't really feel like there were any great set pieces in it that kind of I feel like even when you're on a low budget, something like that scene at the beginning with the um, with the sniper can be really tense, and that you can play it out, uh, and it would make a really effective, like engaging opening scene of a horror movie. Mm. But I just feel like the kind of the technical limitations they had, or the budget, or the actors, or whatever it was, just meant that it didn't really quite connect for yeah. me. Um, the editing was all over the shop I couldn't get behind any of the editing (laughs) Um, and yeah sorry Peanut is just going bonkers in here she's alright she's like let me out she wants to know she wants to know what the hell this film was about yeah Um, Um, did it shit you up it did not in the slightest it did the opposite it made me it made me laugh too much there were a couple of giggles in there there were too many giggles I mean 
you know, I mean, that is like it can be a good thing about horror movies. Like, you know, if they if they're good and they do what they're meant to do and they shit you up, they'll stay with you. If they're bad, you can laugh your ass off at it, and it's still. You know, the thing is, though, that this this didn't fall into either of those categories, which I kind of, which for me is the worst part of it. <laughs> there are films so bad that you laugh at them, and you're like, "Oh my god, remember we saw that? It sucked so bad." And this, remember that bit where this happened? This thing had has the ability, or has the has the ideas, and I think some of the talent to make it a really good movie, but it just didn't quite live up to. It didn't, you know what I mean? There were a lot of good parts to it, but it didn't add up to the sum of its parts, basically. Yeah. I mean, one of the bits that I read about it, again, I couldn't find a huge amount of information about why, but maybe it's slightly telling. Again, it could be because it's, you know, it might have been like a real shocking, blasphemous film back in the 70s, but I don't know whether that means that it doesn't really age well because you've got all these people that are just like it was shocking. Like it was originally called, uh, it was it's it was released as God told me to, and then there are a whole bunch of like different networks and stuff that wouldn't carry it because of that. So it was either that they were like a deeply religious um, company or they were concerned about like people complaining and stuff. I mean, with the amount of stuff that we saw in the Kubrick exhibit yesterday, which was people that were writing in about writing their absolute horror and distaste at um a clockwork orange and um you know so there are people out there that are still absolutely horrified at all of these things so they actually changed the name of it to demon which is a pretty sweet name i think it's demon with an exclamation mark as well which makes it even better and then it's not really demonic though is it no so but the thing is horror movies half the time have nothing to do with yeah. what the fuck is actually going on but then but... also it was telling like i was i was gonna say before this before i ended up going on to that part of it but there were two executive producers that were involved in this film and they insisted that their names be taken off it i couldn't find out why i don't know whether it was because they were like oh my god like you cannot go down this route of like you know this is only like 10 years or so after um they started really um when they were still like you couldn't say damn hell or god or all of those sorts of things in films because it would you know like they they would cut them out of films so i don't know whether it was still had that same mentality or not uh or whether they were just like this film sucks and we don't want our name on it like i don't i couldn't find out why yeah a little but from column a a little from column it's, b it's kind of read between the lines though if you've got executive producers on there who you know like have like put their money into it and their time and things like that and then by the end of it they see the film and they're like no i don't want my name associated with this like it's yeah it's intriguing but yeah it's I've I've read a whole bunch of reviews where people are like, "This is just amazing because it's just so wild and so I think, out there." I think the thing is, it, like, I, the one thing I did say that I did like about it is ahead of its time and its mm. fucking bonkers yeah. ideas, and I think that it that can give you a lot of goodwill. You know what I mean? That can be an idea is probably the most difficult thing to come up with when it comes to a film it's one mm-hmm. of the most difficult parts if you haven't got a good idea you've not got a film mm. but for me just seeing that on screen it just didn't translate and that for me is the saddest yeah. thing um 97 on the list yeah i'm putting it at 100 yeah straight yeah. up to number 100 100 so that means that the mist is now is now uh back at 99 okay so it's it's after the mist for me 
Um, so Babadook 98 and Martin 97 and Martin 97 <sighs> Ritzy we're crafting this list now it's mm. starting to become more originally I was like oh nothing's going to change that much and now immediately yeah, I'm like mm. for real um, cool right so, so that means that next is 96 it follows which both of us have watched we've watched it together we've watched it more than once it came out in 2014 I think yeah. I've, only, I've only watched it once I'm sure I've watched it more than once okay okay so yeah so next week is uh, yeah it follows number 96 um, so this movie without giving too much away before you watch it basically deals with fatal curses and it turns the horror movie virgin trope completely on its head so yeah I'm looking forward to watching it again and uh, really pulling it apart because I remember enjoying it very much. Yeah, I I seem to remember really enjoying it. So uh, I'm really excited for this one. If you completely disagree with everything we've said about God Told Me To or you just want to get in touch with us and say, hey, uh, make sure you get us on Behind the Sofa podcast on Facebook, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, And please make sure you go and leave us a, a rate, a review, a subscribe anywhere that you listen um and we'll be back next monday with another episode yeah so you can find all of the episodes and all of the information about where you can listen by going to tinyurl.com slash behind the sofa podcast and if you want to get straight into the episodes and where you can listen to them directly then go to tinyurl.com slash behind the sofa episodes and you'll find everything on there cool um anything else um no, not really. Just uh yeah, we're we're already uh shifting around the list, so uh we'd be interested to find out your thoughts on it as well and you can do a mini review of your own if you check out our stories on Instagram. So if you go to Instagram.com and uh go to Behind the Sofa Podcast, you can leave us a little review and we'll pop it up in our stories so that we can tell everyone what you thought. Cool. Right, well I guess we'll see you next week then. Yeah. <laughs> From behind the sofa, good night. Good night. <laughs>